Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindful meditation and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the new moon in Libra. The song you hear behind me now is Venus and Furs by the band Divachka off the album Curse Your Little Heart. We'll be right back with the rest of the show. Could 
is one of the signs I personally resonate with the most strongly because my moon is in Libra. And because this moon is the new moon for the moon in my natal moon's location, it's extra powerful and potent for me, which brings up a great point. If you know your moon sign, you should circle that new moon and the full moon for that on your calendar in a big bright red circle. You only get it once a year and it's super potent time to make use of all your intention setting. So with that being said, let's go over the basics of Libra. Libra is a cardinal sign. It's the middle of the air triad being betwixt Gemini and Aquarius. It's ruled by Venus and it's symbolized by the scales. Since Libra is an air sign, and the realm of air signs is ideas, ideals, and since it is ruled by Venus, Librans are likely to spend a lot of time and energy thinking about relationships, especially romantic ones. As a result, Libras are most likely to be single, at the bewilderment of their friends and family, until they meet the exact right person, and then they get coupled up real quick. Libras are going to be the most likely to uh, have people wondering, that person's so attractive and charming and successful and wonderful. Why are they single? And it's because partnerships are so important to them, they're less likely to want to waste those resources on a partnership they know just isn't right. So don't be surprised if your Libra friend goes from zero to 60 real quick in a relationship, but most likely they've got really good instincts about their relationships, so don't be too judgmental if you see that happening. Partnerships are important as well, so many Libra seek out partners to help bring balance to their careers or creative pursuits. Because of this, they're excellent at highlighting the talents of other people. However, if a partnership falls short of expectations, they won't feel bad about bending the truth to their advantage to get what they ultimately need. This really highlights the theme of Libra, which is balance and relationships. We'll get to understand that a little bit more as we go along. Libras get along especially well with other air signs and fire signs. Remember, fire thrives on air. These two elements make great friends and partners. The sun is in Libra currently, which is why the new moon is also in Libra. In olden times, this was the time of year for making storable goods from the fruits of your labor. Think about all the things you've accomplished this year, all the things that you've recently reaped, and how you might be able to save some of those for the lean months ahead. Think figuratively as well as literally. Maybe making a nice herb butter out of all those beautiful flowering herbs that are in your garden right now would be a great way to savor the memories of summer in a way that can get you through those lean winter months. And you can even make this part of your new moon ritual. You can infuse that butter with all of your intentions and then every time you have a little bit of it, with every meal you start to recall those intentions and by doing so, make stronger connections with them, and helping to manifest your desires with every bite. Just remember to think about balance. Indulge, but also not too much. A little goes a long way. After the sun and moon, Venus is the brightest light in the heavens. It's often called the morning star or the evening star. It's just the brightest star. Venus is also the ruling planet of both Libra and Taurus. These two signs seem to have little in common on the surface, but their personalities reflect two sides of the Venusian coin. 
The Taurus revels in the beauty of acquiring artistic objects and beautiful things and partaking in delicious earthly meals, while the Libra loves the sophistication represented by the art world, the elegance of fashion, and the love expressed in a good time over a nice dinner. More importantly, balance is way more important to Libra than it is to Taurus. Let's talk about the high vibes of Libra. They can be stylish and creative and super gracious. They're very fair-minded, diplomatic, very romantic, charming, cooperative. They can be a bit of a perfectionist um, because they really do want everything to be beautiful. They're great at arbitration because they can see multiple sides of a dispute without any bias. And this can be frustrating for everybody around them, but it's good in this case. On the low side, again, they can be a perfectionist and wanting everything to be beautiful can really lead to problems in other areas of your life. Maybe you're late everywhere because you took too long doing your hair or picking out something cute to wear. They can also be a little bit frivolous. Uh, they love to go shopping and not that's a bad thing, but when it's their escapist tendencies that lead them to spending a lot of money instead of really dealing with the issues at hand, not the best expression of Libra tendencies. Um, they don't really have a problem with being emotionally dishonest because they they don't see it as being dishonest. They see it as getting what they need while trying to keep the status quo. And lastly, but definitely not least, they can be really indecisive when they're looking at a very complicated problem. They're weighing things out. Remember those scales, right? A very complicated problem with maybe lots of things to consider and they just take their time in making up their mind. And because of this, Libras tend to find themselves stuck in situations where they're at odds between making themselves happy and making others happy. This is certainly due to Venus. Perhaps understanding a bit more about the mythology behind Venus will garner more insight to how the Libra's scales function and where they came from. According to Hesiod's Theogeny, Venus, or Aphrodite, was born of the foam from the sea after Saturn castrated his father Uranus, and his blood fell to the sea. Venus is betrothed then to the pragmatic and rather hard-nosed Vulcan, who is the Roman god of fire. Again, maybe on the surface a great match. She's an air sign, he's a fire sign. They might make a fucking bonfire together, but she finds him a little too prosaic and she has her eye on another fiery man. She has a passionate affair with Mars, and the product of which is a beautiful daughter named Harmonia. Venus and her infidelity to her husband and her ensuing affair with Mars quite literally produced harmony. This also speaks to the universal principle of chaos. Out of chaos comes order. The chaos of God's passion literally creates the idea and the concept of harmony and balance. And there's beauty in that. This story not only illustrates Venus's dominion over relationships, complicated as they are, but also inner strength as well as personal choices. The willingness to keep up appearances to maintain the peace or society's expectations, aka being married to Vulcan, does show an inner strength in its way while still being faithful and intention through respect and marriage, as well as exercising personal choice via a secret commitment to a passionate love affair with the one who really lights that fire of passion. And while it's pretty chaotic and a little bit messy and certainly ethically gray, it still magically resulted in harmony. 
so now that we know a little bit about Venus, the myth, let's talk about Venus, the planet in action. It's actually about to go retrograde. Venus will be in retrograde from October 5th until November 16th. So what does that mean for you? What can you expect? Think about Venus as the universal muse. She's very, very busy, and she does need her beauty sleep. Because Venus rules art, beauty, money, and most of all, love, she gets around. She moves around the zodiac in approximately 11 months, but over a two-year period, she has one stretch of a retrograde that can last almost two months at a time. This is the pause that then inspires the artist and the lover inside. Imagine the kinds of dreams that one can have while you're having a wonderful sleep. That can be possible during retrograde. It's not all bad. However, it does get a bad reputation because generally, but it doesn't have to be all bad. And I find that usually this bad reputation might come about because generally most people don't pay it the attention that it's due whenever it happens. And this goes for any planet and especially for Mercury retrograde, which is coming up soon um, because it's the fastest spinning planet. It happens more frequently and we're more familiar with it. But when other things befall us and when other planets take their turn for their beauty rest, uh, you have the same kinds of opportunities for each of the planets. But the one we're talking about right here today is Venus. It's just as important to know what not to do during this time so you don't have to have the same fate befall you. This is the pause that inspires the lovers and the artists inside. Think of those wonderful dreams you can have while you're having that wonderful deep rest that you need so much. You can completely come out the other side refreshed, full of inspiration with a very clear idea of what you want to do next. So that's really the goal of using retrograde in any cycle to your advantage. But with that being said, let's talk about how Venus behaves in retrograde so that you can make the most of it. Think of Venus as your fairy godmother, there to help you to be your most inspired, beautiful self and can potentially attract new love. When she's in retrograde, she's on her own vacation catching up on some of her much-needed beauty rest and self-care routine. So, take some inspiration from her, do the same sorts of things. Also, she might not be available to help you find that inspiration, infatuation, new sources of money, and maybe, more importantly, to the ladies out there, new beauty treatments or flattering fashions. Venus in retrograde is not the time to get a drastic new look. Fortune often favors the bold, but without Venus on your side during this time, feeling beautiful can be challenging, and lady luck might not be on your side. It's better to stay the course and maybe daydream or window shop new looks until Venus is well rested and back up to full speed in November. This also includes cosmetic surgeries, haircuts, hair color, and tattoos. Basically, anything that has a bearing on your physical appearance. However, remember all that chaos talk earlier? Venus in retrograde can certainly bring a lot of that to your love life, especially lovers from the past. They come in popping out of the woodwork to completely send you spinning a kembo. That can certainly feel chaotic in the moment and is more likely now than normal with Venus being in retrograde. This can also be a good thing. You can put those old feelings to rest for good or 
Conversely, you might be able to perhaps rekindle those flames of a passion that you thought were long dead and have a second chance with the one who got away. Give it as order from chaos, whatever happens to you. The most important thing is to stand back and observe and not fall victim to random happenstances that get thrown your way. Try not to be reactionary. Try to be kind and considerate and thoughtful about your actions and go with what your heart tells you. We're gonna take a quick music break and we'll be right back with the rest of the show. The Wreckers with their version of Ever Fallen in Love, originally by the Buzzcocks, I believe. If I'm wrong, tell me. You can reach out to me on social media at Blood Moon Milk on Instagram. We also have a website where we sell natal chart readings currently. And if you are listening to this podcast, you can use the promo code Ever Fallen in Love for 25% off of your natal chart reading and that would be ever fallen in love no spaces all lowercase 
only good for podcast listeners for the next two weeks. Also, if you like us and would like to support us, feel free to share us with your friends and let us know that you like the show. And one of the ways you can do that is by leaving us a review on iTunes because that helps other people to find us who might be a lot like you. And now we'll continue with the rest of the show. Let's talk about tarot. The Justice card, if you didn't know it, is the card for Libra within the tarot, within the traditional tarot card deck. Justice tends to embody truth, morals, fairness, and the rights we have as human beings most of the time. I can't say that's actually the case in America at the moment, but that's the essence of the idea of justice, is that justice is blind and within the eyes of the law, we're all equals. And that's why when you see statues of Fair Lady Justice, she's blindfolded, by the way. That's how it's supposed to work. It's fair and firm, but also a reminder to pay careful attention to our actions and consequences. For the law of karma is represented because the law of karma is also represented here as the sign that determines what it is that's right and wrong in search for the ultimate balance, Libra's observant and harmonious nature makes a great partner for Lady Justice. I wouldn't be surprised if legal I wouldn't be surprised if Libra's scales were actually forged in copper, which leads us to crystal studies, which in this episode isn't a crystal at all. So Copper isn't a crystal, but it can be used with crystals to increase their power and especially to call on Venus's gifts in addition to your rituals. Copper is associated with Venus, the planet and the goddess of love and beauty. If you look at this, if you look at Venus and this if you look at if you look at Venus in the night sky, whether you call it the evening star or the morning star, you'll see it turn a coppery color in the sky. She tends to turn golden red as she sets, sinking back to the ocean of her birth, maybe. But maybe it's because her hair is coppery in color. Whatever it is, Copper is the metal that is most associated with Venus. The island of Cyprus is regarded as the home and the birthplace of Venus and Copper, where it has been extensively mined since antiquity. Where it has been extensively mined since antiquity. The word copper actually comes from Latin, cuprum, which is from Cyprus. In turn, it is said to originate in the. In turn, it's also been said to originate in the Assyrian word for copper, which is kippar. Different languages, same meaning. Although copper is soft and malleable when it's blended with other. Although copper is soft and malleable when blended with tin. Uh, never mind. Ignore that part. Edible plants rich in copper include. Red clover, lettuce, garlic, 
carrot, cabbage, chickweed, sunflower seeds, and walnuts. So that also helps to cover our nutrition portion. Think about including these in your ritual when you do your new moon ceremony. Artists also like to use copper for etching and printmaking, as well as in pigments for colorful paints. There are very few substances there are very few substances on the planet which possess the beauty of this soul metal, the many rich colors of red ranging from rose to almost gold, and the fact when artists use Venus or <laughs> and the fact that when artists use copper for etching, they're using the metal of the Venusian muse herself, who is also the patron of all things creative and beautiful. Also, when copper oxidizes, it turns green, which coincidentally is the color of the heart chakra. The heart chakra is where heart beats in the center of the chest. We've talked about the heart chakra before, but I think it's important because as a wise as a wise woman once said we have two ears two eyes two nostrils only one mouth and only one heart we have two hands we have two feet but still only one heart two kidneys one liver which can kind of regenerate but still one heart so take care of it the Chinese associate a very important acupuncture point. The Chinese actually associate a very important acupuncture point of the. The Chinese actually associate a very important acupuncture point to the CV. To the CV vessel meridian, which is used to heal heart problems and emotional imbalances. Again. Everything we do is energy and intention. When you're putting the energy out into the world that you want to represent, whether it is giving love to others or receiving love, you still have to show up for yourself. Make sure that you take time for self-care. We attract affection when we, when we put out affection, when we think about affection. But you can't get it from thinking about why you don't have it. You have to, you can, you can only really get it from thinking about all the affection you already have. We attract the things that we seek out and we focus on the most. Healing energies are one with the world and higher forces. Love is the key to everything. It really is. So when blocked, emotional pain is clearly devastating we've all been there sorrow closes a lot of doors because we can't see any open windows grief can be like a parasite feasting on your own vital energy and i think maybe this venus in retrograde can be a really healing time and useful in saying goodbye to sorrow with that, let's move on to our mindfulness questions for meditation. So ultimately, this podcast is all about mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation 
through the lens of using astrology as a tool to accomplish all those things. So let's talk about mindfulness for a minute. Mindfulness means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But when I like to practice um, mindfulness manifestation and meditation ceremony, I ultimately, like one of the pinnacles of what I believe is that you have to start from a place of gratitude. And so I wanted to talk about gratitude a little bit today before we got into those, you know, those questions that I always like to give out, those little prompts for you to kind of reflect on in your own time. It's just a jumping off point. Um, but let's really talk about gratitude for a second. So if you listened to my last episode, you might have heard that I was going to go to England. And I did. And it was a wonderful trip. And I am so glad that I went. And thank you to everybody who reached out with suggestions and places to go. And to all the people I met over there who were so encouraging about the podcast. And I'm really excited about some future possibilities that that can entail. Um, but on that trip, I took a little like dog leg of a trip for a couple of days to my college town, which I hadn't visited since I graduated seven years ago. Um, and, and it was, uh, it was, I think it was kind of an important trip for me because I had, I certainly have wonderful memories of being there and being, on my own and kind of feeling like I've accomplished something for the first time, but also really growing a community of friends. And I think that I was reminded of that while I was there, certainly, but also that that's what made it so wonderful to be there, right? It wasn't so much the place, as beautiful as it was, and it really hasn't changed much. Um, So... For any of you who are curious, I went to art school in a little town in England called Bournemouth. I like my takeaway from this trip was how really awestruck by how genuinely lucky I was to have lived there when I did, and I still have all these wonderful mem- all these wonderful memories of it being a beautiful, magical idyllic place that was so different from the place that I grew up, but also so incredibly, like, cozy and comfortable, and um, I I felt very much embraced there. And I kind of had all these memories about, like, oh, college was so great, college was so fun, and it was, and I have lots of wonderful memories of that, but... I realize that also I've been kind of idealizing that experience for a while. And I think this trip sort of let me, allowed myself to let go of that. So now I'm, I'm okay with leaving that in the past. And I mean, I grew up in Atlanta and moved to England when I was 20 without knowing a single person in the country, much less the continent of Europe or even in the hemisphere that is not the West. (laughs) Um, I managed to make my way there and with sheer determination, willpower, inspired by abstract dreams of fantasy, I was able to get my art degree. Um, But revisiting the place after having been kind of 
And then I felt like I was kind of ripped away right after graduation. I left a week after graduation where, you know, I'd, at that point in time, I had spent four years of my life there. And, you know, that was really like a 20% of my entire life um, at that point in time. And to, to leave and to leave that after, you know, having been there for years and really forming some pretty important friendships, um, I sort of was, you know, I woke up a week after graduating with that degree in Atlanta, which was a very, very different place at that point in time. And it was kind of like, you know, it was kind of like a a rough landing here in America. Um, But, you know, that same termination willpower is, again, inspired by abstract dreams of fantasy have got me to where I am today, which isn't to say I'm anywhere special, but I have the means to, um, you know, provide a decent place to live that I'm grateful for and I also have the emotional bandwidth and the energy to make this podcast and I have to be really grateful for that while I was there um you know kind of taking this all in you know <clears throat> so like so as I was there um in Bournemouth taking this all in I went to my favorite bar from college it's a little place called 60 million postcards and I, it's still there thankfully it got a little bit of a facelift which kind of like you know it was a shock but I'm glad to see they're thriving and they're still around and you know there's they're obviously popular so good for them but it's the feelings of nostalgia like this that can make a simple pint of beer and a plate of chips a religious experience so while I was eating I received a message from a good friend who I hadn't seen in ages really really randomly i mean this for this person has lived in china for the last seven years and then moved to scotland and is moving to new zealand and so when i say like i haven't seen them in seven years it's because i literally like we've been in opposite sides of the planet and uh time zones and you know all that stuff like gets in the way and so just you know jobs life you know friends that you are in close proximity to all these things but i got a random message with uh, I got a random message from him, and um, it was, this was actually the person who I had first visited that pub with, right? So the first person I'd ever been there with, while I was revisiting, messages me for you know the first time in a few months, um, and so to me, as I was sitting there thinking about all the good times I'd have, and then this person sort of was conjured from the mist in a way like you know we're still friends but it's that it's that sort of feeling that I I don't know how to describe it just yet I'm still searching for the words but I think it proves the existence of lasting connections of fondness and ties of friendship and if that's not magic I don't know what is um you know, I am really nostalgic for my friendships, even more so than the place, but I am also super proud and so glad that I still have so many friends from back then. And um, I'm so grateful to everybody who came to see me while I was in England and came out to dinner or drinks or went dancing or whatever it is we did. Um, you know, or even if it was just staying in, playing video games, or watching TV and just having long talks. Like, all of that was pure magic 
and I can't wait to do it again. Um, so if anybody in the UK is a fan of the show, I'm looking to do either speak at a conference or host a workshop, something along these lines next year for 2019. Um, so reach out to me. You can, again, um, blood moon milk at gmail or also on instagram or twitter at blood moon milk um get in touch with me in some way uh i do all the illustrations and the horoscopes that you read on our instagram i make this show now by myself um and i really want to share my dream with you guys which is uh my wish for this show, a thing that I, I wish to get out of doing this process, is simply to have a project that I am in love with and something that brings inspiration to others and can hopefully support me in some form while I'm doing it. Uh, so if you're a fan of this show, please help that to happen somehow. Uh, reach out. Don't be a stranger. I really like it when people say hi. And um, thank you for listening. So with that in mind, manifestation practices always start from a place of gratitude. Because if you're energetically already coming from a place of I have, you're already attracting positive things. But the trick is you really have to feel it. That's the trick. Even if you're having a terrible stint of bad luck, I know it is the worst and the hardest thing to do in the world, but you have to find gratitude in simple things like your breath or your heartbeat or the fact that when you got home from England, your tub was full of sewage, but it was still just in your tub. It didn't fall on the floor or didn't get around the toilet. It was contained even if it's something shitty like that. Then take a deep breath, be grateful for your breath, and then you move on. So here are some questions to reflect on during your mindful meditation for manifestation during this new moon in Libra. Think about your partnerships and within those partnerships, how it is that you're relating to others. Think about the balance within your partnerships. The energy of Libra is really more about giving than it is taking, but are you maybe giving too much or are you not taking enough time for yourself? Think about the balance that you have within all your partnerships. Is there anything that you might need to renegotiate in your near future? The new moon in Libra is excellent at negotiation, so use that to your advantage for sure. I would normally say during a new moon in Libra to really think about your image that you're presenting to the world. How do you want to change that and all that stuff? But because Venus is in retrograde, maybe still think about it, but just don't act on it just yet. And maybe take some inspiration from past looks you used to have when you were younger. Uh, maybe check out those yearbook photos. Maybe they're not all embarrassing. There might be some sort of like little gem of some outfit that you saw or wore that you loved that could inspire... Uh, a revamping in its way. Oh, one more thing before I leave you with the last little bit of music. The little interstitials you've heard tonight are a song called Lipstick by the artist Venus off the album Radio Slave Prison Strictly Rhythms Volume 5. Uh, 
I thought that since Libra was so into beauty, it made sense. Also, if you like the music that we play, feel free to follow us on our Spotify playlist. Just search Blood Moon Milk and the playlist should come up or there's a link on our website at bloodmoonmilk.com. This is your last song for the night. This last song was discovered by a friend of mine whose singer was his Uber driver in LA and he sent it to me a couple of years ago and now I have a chance to share it with you guys. This is Dum Dum Girls with Bedroom Eyes off the album Only in Dreams. So think about Venus going into retrograde and that Libra love while you celebrate this happy new moon in Libra. Enjoy. Thank you.